The Athletic. G'day there and welcome along to the podcast that brings you all the big F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. I'm James Baldwin and this is the Race F1 Briefing for Friday the 1st of March 2024, brought to you by our friends at GridRival. Coming up, we'll be looking back on an exciting first F1 qualifying of the season and summing up all of the big talking points coming out of the session that decided the grid. As usual, we've got heaps to get through and a limited amount of time, so let's get on with it. After a long winter, three days of pre-season testing and three practice sessions, it was finally time for the talking to stop and the action to crank up a notch on Friday evening in Bahrain as the drivers strapped in to compete for the first prize of the 2024 season, pole position. In the end, we got the result that most people had predicted, with Red Bull's Max Verstappen capturing P1 under the lights in Sakia. But it's fair to say that it was much closer than many feared it might be, with the Dutchman having to dig deep to beat Ferrari's Charles Leclerc to pole by just two-tenths of a second. In unseasonably cool and windy conditions, George Russell did a tremendous job for Mercedes to take third on the grid, with the top five completed by Carlos Sainz in the second Ferrari and Sergio Perez in the other Red Bull. Overall, six different manufacturers made it into the 10-car Q3 pole position shootout, with just over half a second covering the top nine in what was a hugely competitive session from start to finish. So, Verstappen will kick off his title defence with a 33rd career pole position. But if you speak to Charles Leclerc, he believes it's him who should have been starting the first race of the year at the head of the field. The Monegasque driver looked in superb form all evening, and were it not for a strategy call he disagreed with in the opening Q1 segment when Ferrari sent him back out on new tyres, fearing his earlier time might not be enough to progress to Q2, he thinks he might have had the legs for pole. Leclerc did the first of his two runs on the scrub set, which had done that part lap of Q1, before switching to his final new set of softs for his last run. Afterwards, he said he'd lost the rhythm with the used set and had to readapt to the new tyres with the track changing. That led to him using the wrong front wing setting. And as Mark Hughes says in his piece on therace.com, the wrong angle of flap, a little bit of confidence loss, and just like that, Leclerc was 0.242 seconds slower than he'd been in Q2. You can't give that away to Max Verstappen and Red Bull. Leclerc reckons that Red Bull is still likely to be ahead by quite a bit in race trim, but he said if there's an opportunity, as always, he'll go for it. The Achilles heel of last year's Ferrari was its tyre management in races. Ferrari feel like they've made solid progress on that front with their new car, but the proof of the pudding will of course come over 57 racing laps. The Race F1 Briefing As Max Verstappen made his way back to the pits after taking pole, Team Radio picked up the Dutchman apologising to his race engineer Jean-Pierre Lambiassi. The reason? Well, Max had been convinced after FP3 that the team hadn't got the car where it needed to be to take pole, and he was surprised when he was proved incorrect. Afterwards, Max said the session had been a lot of fun and that the track had lots of grip, though he admitted it was more difficult to get pace from the RB20 as the wind picked up in Q3. Overall, he said he was pleased to be back on an unexpected pole, having not been totally confident going into qualifying, adding that it was lucky the car came to him through the session. 
Verstappen has won in Bahrain just once, with that victory coming last year. So how does he rate his chances of seeing off the threat from behind on Saturday and making it two in a row? Well, just as with qualifying, Verstappen reckons it's going to be close, though typically he's confident he can deliver a strong race. Victory would certainly be a welcome distraction for Red Bull boss Christian Horner, who remained in the media spotlight on Friday after materials implied to be from a recent investigation into him were sent to senior F1 figures and journalists on Thursday. We'll get to the rest of the headlines in one moment, but before we do, I wanted to give another shout out to Gridrival. Throughout the 2024 F1 season, the race is partnering with our friends at Gridrival to bring you our very own fantasy league with a prize pot of $5,000 US up for grabs. It's free to join and free to play. And what's more, it's an amazing way to make watching each F1 race weekend more fun. It's too late to submit your team for Bahrain now, but there's plenty of time to get it sorted for the next race in Saudi Arabia. And there will be an individual number of prizes to be won over the course of the season. Gridrival is the original fantasy app for motorsports leagues and is the only platform built by race fans for race fans. Sign up for free using the link in the episode description. And as always, good luck. To Mercedes now, where team boss Toto Wolff expressed himself satisfied with the team's qualifying despite a two-tenth and six-position gap between George Russell in third and Lewis Hamilton in a disappointing P9. Wolff added that Russell had put his car into a sweet spot for Saturday's race and that fine margins with tyre warm-up had cost Hamilton multiple positions. Although only two-tenths down on his teammate, Hamilton admitted that it wasn't the greatest of feelings to be so low on the grid though he pointed to Russell's pace as a real testament to the team's progress over the winter, saying that the competitiveness is something that ignites the fire in him as a driver. Hamilton pointed to a different setup strategy that inevitably didn't pay off in the way that he had hoped for over one lap, but said that he did feel more comfortable with more fuel in the car, suggesting he'll have a strong race pace to pick up some positions in the coming Grand Prix. Russell echoed those sentiments, saying the team had made a big step forward in single lap pace, but is hopeful that that hasn't come at the expense of race pace. However, on his victory chances, Russell was blunt, saying simply, I think it will be a close fight between everybody other than Max. Aston Martin were the surprise package at this race a year ago, but this year it was Fernando Alonso who was left shocked, describing his qualifying result of P6 as a massive surprise, after some doubts about Aston Martin's one-lap pace in testing last week. The double world champion said his green machine is more connected this weekend on low fuel as various setup changes have delivered what was expected and given him a different car. Alonso has qualified in the middle of an incredibly close group of cars behind Verstappen's Red Bull. Barely three tenths of a second cover Charles Leclerc in second down to Lewis Hamilton in ninth. And Alonso claims it is a little bit unexpected to be in that group after significant changes to the car development philosophy over the winter. The implication is Aston Martin may have expected to start a little weaker, but will have a lot more room to improve the car after last year's stagnation. Alonso can expect to have his hands full when the lights go out, with two McLarens right behind him. Teammates Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri were closely matched, with just 0.069 seconds between them. Afterwards, Norris was buoyant about the balance of the car working in the cooler conditions of the Bahrain evening, saying his confidence had built and he was able to push a lot more. 
Piastri, his usual Australian and to-the-point self, said that it was a tricky day and he didn't feel as comfortable as he did on Thursday. But he is feeling positive that the cars ahead are only there by a small margin. So he's feeling in the mix, which has to be a good sign at a circuit that doesn't really suit the McLaren. One of the biggest surprises from qualifying was Nico Hülkenberg. The German has always had a handy turn of speed, but it was still a shock to see him push the unfancied Haas into a Q3 appearance, even if he ended that segment at a fairly distant 10th. Hulk admitted that the first time he and teammate Kevin Magnussen had run with low fuel in 2024 was in FP2, and as a result, he still feels there's performance to find in qualifying. But, of course, what the team really wants to do is get rid of the bad Sunday trend that haunted them in 2023. Haas was significantly stronger on one lap pace than race pace last season, which was a real issue for the drivers who often dropped like a stone on Grand Prix Sunday as their cars ate up the tyres too quickly. Hülkenberg said that the work the team had done over the winter to address these issues was noticeable, specifically that it felt better inside the car, but that Saturday is really where they'll know their true pace. In contrast, Kevin Magnussen was only able to qualify his Haas in P15, with the Danes set up to line up behind RB's Daniel Ricciardo and Williams's Alex Albon, both of whom are on the hunt for points. Finally, it's bad news if you're a fan of the all-French lineup of Alpine. Fears of them being the slowest car on the 2024 grid were realised, with both Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon being knocked out in Q1 locking out the back row. Afterwards, Gasly was very frank about the plight of the team. He said that it's very, very clear where the team has to make improvements, but he says, for the time being, they have to make do with what they've got. The Frenchman also lamented how he and the team managed his outlap for his final run in Q1, with traffic causing him to push flat out to get to the line in time, meaning his tyre preparation was compromised. The one thing we can all take away from the first qualifying session of the year is just how close it is, and that is great news for all of us. However it shakes out, the Race F1 Briefing will be with you every day over this race weekend. And remember, if you want some deeper cuts on all of the info we've given you, be sure to head to therace.com and don't forget that hyphen. We'll be back with you after Saturday's race, as will our big sibling, the Race F1 Podcast, which will have comprehensive analysis of the first race of the season. Thank you so much for your company today. I'm James Baldwin, and I'll be back with another episode of the Race F1 Briefing, presented by Grid Rival tomorrow. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.